Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today, we have a guest who is a dear friend of mine, someone that I've known for several years and someone I respect tremendously, David Acosta. Thank you for joining the conversation today. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Happy, happy New Year. And a happy New Year to you, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you very soon as our travels will sort of uh, coincide very quickly. Yes. And um, so, David, let's jump right into it. You have had tremendous success in the real estate industry, and you're probably one of the most driven people that I know. But we'll get again into your story throughout this conversation. But for the sake of the listeners, just tell me how you got started in the industry. Well, I'm uh, originally from Mexico. Uh, for people listening to us. And I came into the States in 2003 uh, into a little town called El Paso, Texas, who is <laughs> predominantly like a small town on the border with uh, Mexico. And I had the opportunity to uh, like start in real estate because I, I had no idea about uh, what other profession or career or opportunity will allow you to understand one of the biggest tools that you can create wealth, that you can create like a, a legacy for you, for your family, and also be in the mix of all of these uh, incredible, like and aesthetically pleasing properties that, that you can get there. And even though that El Paso is not necessarily something known for, for that, I mean, I needed to get started somewhere and that was my, my entry to the business. You know, it's amazing to me to think that you've accomplished everything that you have, which we'll get into in this discussion, in 17 years. I mean, that is extraordinary to me. So you started your career in Texas, as you said, right? You yes, right. were ranked one of the top agents in the state. And then you decided to move your very beautiful family, whom I've met several times, to Southern California, right? So it's arguably one of the most competitive markets in the country and you repeat that success starting from scratch so go back to me tell me the story of how you created your success in texas why you decided to move and how you repeated that phenomenon in california so uh, i mean it is you said 17 years i mean only in 17 years but for me it's been i mean it takes uh, it takes some time obviously you do it little by little, and then all of a sudden, suddenly happens, everything happens at once. But uh, like you mentioned, my first couple of years, I started getting to get acquainted with the business, getting to understand how it works. By my fourth year, I was very honored that like because of hard work and then just putting my head down, I got to sell over 100 homes myself uh, with just like a help of a part-time assistant and then became the number one agent in the city. And then my production got me to keep on working on it and, and connected with developers that that's how I got into, uh, that, that was a key piece for me to be able to transition into, into California, like you're asking me. But, uh, the thing about it is that when, when I got there, I, I was very much involved with new home, uh, builders. Uh, developers and and I got the chance to experience something that I didn't know that that it was uh, very close to my heart that is like the creative process of like how you put together just from a piece of paper 
an idea and that idea becomes it starts taking form and then from there you get the plans and then you get like the, the new model, the new floor plan, the new layout, the new uh, um, finishes and then you start getting familiar with the entire process. And, and I was like working with a lot of these people and, and got me to sell hundreds of hundreds of homes with all these new home developers on a yearly basis that got me to be, like you mentioned, a number one agent within my company nationwide. And so that put me on a platform to be able to travel to like, like, like you and I encounter ourselves in many different conferences. And, and from there, it opened up my eyes to the possibilities and the opportunities that I was doing a ton of, uh, a ton of sales on a yearly basis with a smaller price point. And when I actually got to this conference, a lot of people were doing the same kind of, se- uh, the kind of sales volume with very few homes. And I was like, my God, I think that I can do that because if, if you're like a doctor and you perform hundreds or thousands of surgeries in a day-to-day, I mean, and you know how to save a patient, I said, I know how to save a client the same way in real estate, either if it is in California or if it is in New York or if it is anything, I'll have to know the nuances of the city or the states or the rules or, or laws, but I know how to do the process. I know how is the selling process working, how is the buying process working, I know how is the development process. So, so pretty much, um, I've been always uh, passionate about music and arts and, and things like that from my previous history in like uh, uh, growing up as, uh, through high school and college playing instruments. So my daughter happened to develop this passion as well for for the arts and she said, I want to sing and I want to become an artist and I want to become a, an actor. And so why don't we go ahead and check it out and go to LA? So for me was something that I, I never thought that, that that will happen. So I said like, I'd rather support them sooner than later when they're young. So uh, we started putting my, my, my family, giving them the opportunity to actually be in LA and got me to, to spend some time back and forth a little bit until I realized that all of this training that I had in the industry from new home sales, from like me just doing my job, helping people, understanding the players and things like that, I said, I can do this. So, so I started like finding opportunities for new homes or developers. And in LA being, like you said, the most competitive market that there is, uh, I realized what are the top people in LA doing that they have in common? And when I pulled the numbers, I pulled the list of, of, of names and production and sales volume and units. I realized that the most, uh, the, well, the, the common denominator between all of them, it was that they all work with developers or new home builders. So I said like, you know what? I think that God prepared me for this. And I started looking at it and looking at the numbers and trying to figure out how to do this. And yes, I went, in every single angle and direction because I, I, I wanted to make sure that there was no, no a stone being unturned. And, and so I said like, listen, so I'll go ahead and, and get a team to actually just do like uh, uh, all the marketing, uh, direct marketing. Some people that can do like, like uh, online marketing, but mostly my thing was to really get out there and network and connect with uh, these developers and help them uh, find properties and projects and, and go through the process of like finally putting out like that luxury sense of 
uh, a property that it could be a smaller piece of property that somebody can see it and, and, and they wouldn't see past that to someone that actually can uh, project and have a vision to say, this could be like an incredible new project that can have all the bells and whistles and all the, all the additional square footage and the views and everything that can sell for a uh, million dollars that will allow me to have like fewer properties, more engaged projects that will uh, please me. And at the same time, uh, greater sales volume than me doing like hundreds of units in Texas. Okay, so hold on. So you, you said a lot there, David. So let's sort of break some of this down. First of all, you're incredibly humble. I've known you for a long time. And, you know, in that statement, you know, you, you went from um, really sort of passing over the idea that you were not only the number one agent in your city, but really the number one agent in the nation for your company at the time that was a very large company at that. And so you start talking about how you start looking at your business and the idea that increasing your average sales price gets you to work smarter rather than harder. And so it's a mindset, but you have to at some point, something clicks, right? And that mindset says, well, you know, everybody else is doing it, I can do this. But while you're doing that, you have to, at one point, take a step back because we do what we do every day and we sort of get into that grind. And the fact that you said you were selling over a hundred homes and things of that nature, it's the idea that your mindset and your belief comes in at some point and shifts, right? Even right. something that you mentioned that you're doing and in supporting your, your daughter with her dream and why you're relocating your family, that's also part of that mindset. Where does that mindset shift? Where do you go from saying, my average sales price was X, I know that I can do more, I can do Y, and I can work smarter in getting there. Where does that shift happen? Well, I think that um, um, pretty much everything starts with the mindset. So um, the shift comes later as far as like the tactics, but everything it starts with the mindset of thinking that uh, if somebody else did, you can do it as well. And that is a lot to uh, the way that you're wired. And at the same time, the, the, the influences and, and the tools and the, for growth, personal growth and development you have surrounding you. So I think that you, I, I've heard you said before, and I know that both you and I are the the result of the people that we surround ourselves by. And if they're all thinking that it can be done and it can, uh, you can accomplish it and everything, that kind of rubs on you. Uh, and it's very easy by default to go into a negative state of mind, uh, into a fear that more than anything is what really prevents us all to actually accomplish uh, our successes and our, uh, and our triumphs. And I believe that as we start in the business, the more and more that you experience some failure, then you start not doubting the industry or that the business, if it works, you start doubting yourself. Mm. And if you start doubting yourself, I think that if you don't get that out of your system and out of your mind and out of your, 
your life, the moment that you really, really get to second guess what you can do or not, that is when you really get to die. And here, if you don't have that mindset that you can accomplish it and you just shake off the fear or embrace it and go right against the grain and do it, say like, listen, you know what? I, I can do this. Then you cannot really make that shift that you're talking about as far as saying, now I'm going to change my tactics of how we will look like. So let me just explore this idea. And if I were to do it, let's say that I have never attempted, never tried it, or it is a far-fetched from reality, but how it will look like then, the moment that you start saying, I can and I'm fearful, and, and then you start questioning yourself how, your mind taps into something that you have there, either the possibility, uh, the thought about it, your dreams, and then all of a sudden you meet people and then you get to encounter books or like go to conferences and then you hear something here and there that you're like, wow. And that I think, that it's great what you're doing with this podcast because people might just encounter this in that process and say, you know what? That's the piece that I was missing. And that information gives me a little bit more of the confidence that I need for, for me to pursue it and know that I'm in the right path. Are you gonna fail? Yes, most likely. Or maybe if you prepare everything, you're gonna uh, actually minimize the, the, the failure risk but they're still going to be there and you should be able to say, you know what? I'm going to give it my best and who cares? If I fail, I'll, I'll measure the risk. I'll measure the, the, the worst case scenario. And then I got to prepare a plan or, or like I have a deadline for me to actually continue through this and then go at it and then keep at it and keep at it until you really get it done. Because I think that the fear, if prevents you from really starting, that's when you don't have the right mindset, nothing is going to happen. You know, you, you're so right about that. And it's something that you and I preach a lot. And, you know, it, it was something that you were saying that it's really how you're wired. But also, I think, and to your point, as you mentioned, that as you expose yourself to other things, you can rewire yourself, right? right. And so how you how you think and how your vision is and you're right we all fail it's one of the 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 phases of life and so the idea of coming in and succeeding is something that you know i you, you know i'm the son of an immigrant you're obviously an immigrant yourself the idea of that passion of succeeding I think is really inherent in, in, in the immigrant spirit. But tell me how that really sort of like equates for you, David. What is that spirit that you think is there for succeeding and that passion to succeed? Well, Michael, I mean, you've been there and, and I think that I was very fortunate that I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to like, uh, like go through a lot of, uh, troubles and, and uh, or my parents had to go through that in order for them to come into this country. Uh, I was very lucky that, that I met my, my bride at the time and, and uh, we were already like uh, dating and then had like uh, plans to do all of this and she just happened to be a Jewish citizen uh, living in the border. But when I did come here still at that point 
uh, I severed a lot of my my connections to to my my previous country because I couldn't go back to a I was completing my immigration process and and everything else. So everybody that I knew and everybody that I had relationships with that I had been out of my 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 um, the city uh, that I was born, what happened was that. I said, well, I have to start from scratch. So I think that in that sense, everybody else that comes here to this country as an immigrant, it's just like, you know that you have no other way around it. And, right. and you have to do it on your own and you have to just like focus on what's out there and surrounding you that you can figure out a way to catch and hold on to any opportunity that you find that that uh, that is out there to, that is going to help you, and then just go for it. And talking about failure, what other failure that you say like I cannot go back? I mean, I I have to either do this or I'm going to die. And or pretty much saying I I don't want to go back to something that that even though I probably had a better situation or a very bad situation, whatever it is, I'm not going back and telling them, hey, listen, I went out there, I tried it and failed. Now I'm coming back. So for me, it was a little bit different because I, I, I sensed that I had this great opportunity that it was a blessing for me. But at the same time, I said, I have to be able to really take advantage of this opportunity for not just for me, for, for my family and my future generation. So I think that in that sense, going back to when my daughter and my other daughter, I have two of them. My only goal is to say, now they're here. Now they were born uh, in the United States. Now they have this great, great country that can provide them all the chances in the world to the point that my, my, me trying to get my, my, my life in order and my business going and all these uh, opportunities within the real estate industry allow me to have as an immigrant the chance to provide them a greater opportunity that, as you know, both my daughters are in the uh, entertainment industry, they're actors, paid actors and singers and everything. So who could have thought that a 14, 15, 16 year old uh, kid could actually be having already a career, okay, in, in, in my original country. And with, uh, so it, it's totally different. So. So that is why I'm super passionate and excited that, that I'm here and we can take advantage of all that is around us. And like I said, goes back into, should I focus on everything that is not working out or not happening for us at the time or the negative part of it? Or should I just focus on the opportunity and then just keep a narrow mind and a narrow sight as far as like, I can accomplish this, let's go. It's that sense of, you know, as you were saying, you can't go back, right? And it's the sense that there's no safety net. So, you know, failure is not an option. If you, if you fail at something, you dust yourself off and you figure it out and you try another way of doing that. And, you know, I think that that's a, a very true of that immigrant spirit of success and, you know, you are a great leader within our community. You're the president of NAREP, the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, uh, which is how we originally met. I sit on the corporate board of governors for NAREP. And, you know, you, you truly are an inspiration in our community and a great leader, David. 
you know, and you give back a lot. So how important is that for you in, in, in giving back to the community and serving as a great leader as you do? Is that really um, part of what your focus is? Well, um, I think that in order for us to accomplish what we want, we got to be able to help people accomplish what they want. And as a result of that, if it is aligned with you, we get there faster. Mm. So it is a matter of like uh, the law of reciprocity and, the, and also like being, uh, I mean, through to, to, the, uh, to the universe that as far as the much that you can, that as much as you can take, if you take, take it all, you cannot receive. So you have to give. And then I think it comes back in, in buckets. So I'm very fortunate that through NARAP, I have been able to, uh, a, a little bit of my contribution has been through to the real estate professionals where, where I enjoy spending probably the, the most time with uh, people that are uh, in several different stages in the business and goes back into they need the tactics, they need the skills, they need uh, sometimes a little bit of the, the tools or the, the systems and processes as far as how to get their business better, uh, to, to grow faster or better. But what I have realized, and, and it's so incredibly important, Michael, like, you, like you're doing this, the more and more that I hear people, uh, people's stories and their triumphs and, and, and tribulations, I realize that with, with time, you get to start being on this funk that everything is like a norm, it's, it's a routine. And then all of a sudden, then you get into a slump and then you're like, how do I get out there? And, and it's fear itself that actually just getting you to, uh, preventing you from moving forward. And when I realized that that was something that it was in different, with different masks and faces, like uh, preventing all of us to grow. And I started like bringing that to light to a lot of, people around me and in, in, starting with myself, then I realized that I was giving more to them by sharing that story, sharing my failures, sharing other people's failures and successes. And then everybody understood that that will allow them to grow. And then all of us combined, we can even give more and then uh, be of service to our communities and be of service to our families and be of service to the entire uh, industry and country because we could accomplish a lot of things more and set a statement as far as like that this this is something that anybody can do so that's what i really feel passionate about like contributing because i believe that is again a matter of mindset and then you get the tactics and then you create the impact and that impact actually comes back to you by returning you with uh everything that your heart desires you know, I think that you nailed it on the head there when we talk about service. It's the idea that everyone who is successful in our profession comes from that spirit of service and humility. And that really is what you embody, David, and it really is what really signifies success. It's really trying to empower others to succeed. And in so doing, your success comes. And so empowering, especially within our Latino community, 
is a great part of your legacy, I think. You know, it's the idea that there are, look at all the NAREP chapters that exist around the country and, and internationally now. Um, and you tirelessly go to as many as you can to not only be there as the president of the organization, um, but also to educate and, and, and empower and motivate them and I think that that's a really beautiful thing that you're doing. Well, thank you, Michael. Uh, I, I I love it, and I have a commitment, and and I I actually uh, put myself in that position because I believe that every opportunity that we have is just gonna uh, allow us to to grow as human beings and also get the opportunity to to meet countless people throughout the country. If NARP allow me to actually travel and do that and get to know them and and expand my network, um, that actually is something that by all of these different people that actually are throughout the whole country in this industry or close to the industry as different businesses get to start getting more involved, that pretty much fuels me back by me going out there, like you know how tiresome could be to travel and then sometimes sleep in a different place and then wake up and gotta get run to the airport and things sure. like that every day. And, and I'm, I think that you hear me a little bit like, a, like, a, like congested or maybe like horse because I've been going at it in the last two weeks at the beginning of the year with multiple of these events. But at the same time, that gets me to be there and fuels me back. And that is something that as much that you can get tired, I mean, that energy that you get to feed from, from everybody else is like a testament that everybody that is here, he has the same passion, the same vision. And sometimes uh, we forget about it. So breaking down that routine and going out there and meeting a different story, that pretty much says, you know what, I want to hear this and I want to share it with everybody else and that really keeps me going. So, so I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm about to really move on to a different stage of my career as well. Sure. And, and this is something that uh, I've been very blessed that I had the opportunity to, to be able to, to experience in my life. You know, and I, and I have to tell you, I have to, I can relate certainly, especially with this project that I've done with the podcast. And it's the idea that even as a new uh, endeavor, already the amount of feedback that we've been getting from conversations that happen with um, professionals in our industry, but really the idea that it's not just a conversation of the professional accomplishments, but more of a inspirational and motivational conversation because these people have been um, my friends and colleagues for many years, uh, including yourself. And the idea that these discussions happen very organically, it's, it's what you were saying earlier, that if somebody is listening to this and gets uh, a bit of the, the, the other bit of the puzzle that will uh, allow them to go and try something new or go into another endeavor. That's really the types of feedback that we're already getting on this project. And it's a beautiful thing because it really does, um, 
validate what you're trying to do in helping others. And so it's what you do so tirelessly. So it's a beautiful thing. And, and, uh, and I thank you again for, you know, helping with this conversation as well, because I think it's quite inspiring. And I want to um, shift our conversation to brand. So right. you were um, with Keller Williams for many years, and now you're with EXP. And I'm wondering how each of those brands helped to support the David Acosta brand, which is really a brand in and of itself that you've been very successful in two very competitive states. You do a lot of international business. How does the brands that you're with support the brand that you are? So um, this is really funny because like I've been at it for like just a few months with uh, EXP now. And, and I gotta tell you, I believe that every time that I've been seeing with people sharing about the company and the same way that I did it when I started with uh, Cobalt Anchor and, and was there for five years and then ERA for another five years and then uh, Keller Williams, I missed the five year, but I was there for six. <laughs> mm. and, and then uh, now with EXP, in this time, Every time that I express or share my story with other people, like I did it when I was just like so uh, embedded in, in, in my company, I never, ever, ever thought that the actual company had something to do with you or your success. You, you just like put in the sign or put in the logo or just happen to attend that office space and then you, you become part of it. But then... At the very beginning, I didn't know what a brand will represent for me and my success. So I just knew that I didn't know anything about real estate. So I feel affiliated with a brand that it was like the predominant uh, with the number one market share in that market at the time. So I was there to help me a piggyback on their success so I can have more opportunities to help people. And then later on that you get to understand what you're doing and start to know your business, you know that it's more about your own brand like you just mentioned, and at the same time, uh, marketing and, uh, um, and then uh, sales. So you keep something for branding and the brand is more about you than it's about the company. And then later on when I moved, I realized that it wasn't necessarily about the brand but it's what, it was more about the tools that the brand was, was going to supply to me. So that helped me. So it was an evolution when I was an ERA. So when I went to Keller, I think that for me was a stepping stone in many ways to understand that it wasn't just um, about you doing sales, but it was more about running a business and understanding the nuances of like working with more people and having a team and getting to know that regardless of any brand, you are the brand and people transact and do business with you. So if you have your name and your brand, and then you have like, a, a, like an XYZ behind it or after or like in the corner or whatever with any company name, at the end of the day, the people don't do it because of the company name. They do it because they know what you as a person, as, an, as a business, as a service they're gonna receive. 
So the level of service, the level of attention, the level, the level of uh, attentiveness to all the process and your experience with how you transact, that is what people buy and understand as a brand. There's something that they get as, in, as impressions for them to remind you, re, uh, remind them about you. But more than that, they know that when they see that name or when they do business with you, they expect the level of service that you provide to them. And that in a sense is a brand. So people say maybe either Keller Williams or EXP, uh, I mean, I respect you from all your travels and all the companies that you have worked with and, and continue to work that they have a true, true luxury and international global brand and, and brand name. But at the end of the day, I can have the brand, but if I actually misrepresent my, my, uh, uh, my clients in a way that I, that I don't provide the service or sure. I misrepresent myself as far as like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be there and then don't show up or I, I'm going to go ahead and help you uh, with all of this paperwork and then don't do it. Or my, my team is going to take care of it and then they drop the ball or whatever. At the end of the day, it doesn't affect the, the, the brand for the, re, the real estate brand as much as it's going to affect my personal brand. So people know that we are whole, all human beings and we deal first with the person that is in front of us and we buy first that person and that is your brand. And then later on, they care about like the XYZ that follows that by compliance, by, uh, or things like that. Now, when the real estate brand supports you and helps you and has a faster vehicle to get to whatever it is that you want to get or that your clients are going to be supported faster or better, that is a, a magic uh, that happens there because then you have every single piece covered and that helps everybody involved. So I think that it goes back to mindset, right? When people start listening, uh, um, uh, the listeners are thinking to themselves, I am a brand. It's not just the idea uh, because the brand comes because you're providing that service from a, from a point of humility as we were talking about earlier. But because of that, that deliverable is what people are reacting to. And the idea that anyone listening is really, and, and you and I both preach this a lot, it's the idea of thinking of yourself as a company, thinking of yourself as a brand. You are, as an independent contractor, the CEO of your own company. And the sooner that mindset shifts, into the fact of I am a company and a brand providing a level of service that is consistent to my clientele and they know what to expect from that brand. It's as though you walk into a Ritz-Carlton, you expect a certain amount of service as you would, you know, walking into a day's in, you sort of know what you're going to get. Um, and I think that the, the, the sooner people start thinking of themselves as a brand, it's something that helps them in that mindset achieve greater success. That is correct. You know, I think that that's a really interesting point. So, David, what are the three most important things, things you think an agent needs to succeed from your experience? Oh, my God. So... Uh... 
the top three. Yeah. Uh, I believe that number one is, is really just, you just gotta have a plan and do it. We're in January and, and the month is running so fast. And I don't know if it's because we're being getting like uh, back on it uh, as the holidays ended. And then right away we started like working and we had like great activity and a lot of things happening. But this year is going to go as fast as this month. So you have to, if you don't have a plan, you got to put together a plan, get organized, get your calendar going, set up the strategies, get a budget, and then just do it. Have a plan and do it. Uh, second, I think that, uh, if, if you were talking about brand and then one thing that I know that, that it is like, uh, you mentioned about the Ritz Carlton, it is that people on the global and luxury uh, market, they really, really need high touch and personal touch. So you gotta be able to put in within your plan systems that people besides yourself are going to actually deliver that high touch and, and uh, personal touch. And then you got to be able to free up your calendar if you're, or figure out exactly who's going to take care of the other pieces of the puzzle when you are with clients delivering that high touch. So your brand can stay consistent to, to what you deliver. And then I think on number three, is that do you really have to uh, create an impact and then be able to share that with other people and at the same time, like continue to either through, through sharing your best practices or like through education or like through the masterminding, you gotta be able to go ahead and uh, share that and learn from other people at the same time that you're sharing what exactly it is that you need to recalibrate on your own plan so you can continue moving forward at least for this whole year. So three incredibly important things. And you know that I always preach a plan. Um, and it's shocking to me how very few people have a business plan. And it's the idea of you have to know, first of all, I, I you know, say that success is a math equation. If you want to make a million dollars in a year or 500,000 or whatever the number is, all you need to do is divide by 12. That's what you need to do in the month. You need to figure out how many sales that is. And everything that you do is just a math equation. And so success to me is a math equation. But in order to do that, you need the business plan to do it. And you know that you and I have spoken on a lot of panels in the past, and we challenge the audience even in knowing What's your customer cost of acquisition? What is the idea of what you spend on marketing? It is going back to that theory of you are the CEO of your own company. And the more you have the answers to those things, the greater that your profitability is and your greater your levels of success and chances of success are, however you define that. So I agree with the business plan a million percent. How often do you revisit your business plan, David? Once a month. I love that. You know, so you recalibrate. And then the second, the second one that you did is incredibly important, systems. 
how do you sort of touch those people as you continue your sphere of influence your circle gets much larger and you control that by your memory you simply will forget your follow-up you need to have your systems your crms whatever your assistant your team yourself whomever is doing whatever it is the other side of it is the consumer when they are hearing from you and 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 doing exactly what you were talking about that high touch and personal touch you're not going to get there by your memory so systems are really very important what systems do you use david well it is uh different things uh that you can do from from we use uh, a lot of them but but mostly right now has been uh either obviously a, a technology tool and you have like a crm in this case we use kv core okay. and then uh the other thing is that like uh send notes to your clients like birthday card notes and like uh hey i just thought about you note kind of thing or thank you notes i mean that is a little bit more personal touch and then i have the opportunity to to uh, throw in like some like client parties and appreciation parties, that that is a different kind of like a system and high level, high touch, like a way of, of, of being, being there with your, your sphere and past clients and people around them. And then the other one is like through, through these kind of things like you, that, that uh, uh, sharing this podcast, like uh, going to conferences and then sometimes people share like a video about you and social media. Uh, for me right now, I started in Texas in El Paso and I'm going back on, on February 5th and I have the privilege and the honor that I'm going to be like uh, presenting a little bit and sharing a little bit about my story and, and, and success and failures uh, right before like Gary Vee goes up on stage in front of a, like a huge audience so that is another way for me to reconnect even though that i don't get to spend that much personal time with uh, all my friends and clients but but that is another way so all of these type of opportunities i mean i think that just gets you in front of them and gets them uh uh to reinforce your brand to uh have an impression of them and uh and make sure that they remind you about what you're all about that is real estate and also now that I'm getting into this other phase of, the, of my life and my business, it is like about like sharing and, and creating a more of a legacy. That's amazing. That's great. Um, which would bring me to my next question. What's next for David? Oh my God, man. So <laughs> you have inspired me with this. I mean, honestly, because uh, I've been thinking about it and thinking about it for a long time. So like, what do I do? How do I do this? And I, I think that, going back into just like uh being surrounded by by uh like great thinkers and people that just go out there and then just like are bold like you michael and thank and, you and then i say like i have to be able based on the same thing about like get back into more videos and more audio or things that i can just like plug in some of these like uh networks of people that that you and I have the great opportunity to be in contact with I mean I'm super excited for what you're doing and what you're gonna the people that you're gonna bring in uh, 
to to everybody to listen and i know that you're not only an incredible speaker an incredible presenter and 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 also i believe that that you should do more video and uh and and share that because there's also another element that people like about that and and those conversations and those connections that you have all over the world okay uh, i think that they're gonna really create a big impact on people so i would like to uh, uh hold for you to hold me accountable that by the at least the middle like the the middle of the year i have to follow some of your steps and then help you and and do something like that to that extent of an audio podcast or a video podcast that I can get to see a lot of the people that I know to put them on the platform as well, that they can pretty much just share this. And the more and more that we just get to give to our industry and to our friends and from different stories in different parts of the world. And I know that you're going to have the most spectacular ones. And that's what I'm jealous about, but still I'm going to be able to go ahead and just share a few of them like here, at least throughout the States. And, uh, and, and have people to really, really just like uh, engage and help their own business and their own lives and their own families, because I think it's going to be great. So uh, uh, EXP is giving me an opportunity to have incredible stories about like success and wealth and prosperity and efficiency and like a, a vehicle that actually gets people out there faster. So I, I'm very excited about doing that all this year. Uh, really working with uh, um, with uh, with everybody that is surrounding me as far as like creating this investment group that people can really really participate in in true sense within the real estate uh, world as far as like not only owning a home but also investing in real estate in a sense of like buying and holding a property buying and flipping a property, buying and creating a commercial real estate piece like a multifamily or maybe something else for future generations and creating this legacy of wealth and that uh, an opportunity that people have a piece of this country and having the chance to say like, I set my family for something for them not to worry about because as you know, you invest in stocks and you invest in bonds and you invest in the stock market and everything. But if you also invest in real estate, I think that you will actually set up your, your whole life for a better future for you and for years to come. So that's what I'm really excited about this year too, creating that investment group, being able to have an, a platform like an audio podcast or videos or something that we can share with people about that and help people understand how to invest more in real estate and own a piece of the American dream. And that's a beautiful legacy. And it, it'll be, I, I would be humble to, to help you in whatever way to get that message out there because it's such an important one. And I'm counting on you, man. <laughs> you have me, you know, you always have my support, brother. Thank and you. so I have um, one final question for you. If you weren't doing real estate, what would you be doing? What would your passion be? Oh my God, man. I love real estate in many ways. And, and I think that if I, I, I I'm, I'm, my whole goal is to get really out of sales. And I've been doing that for the last two, three years that I, I want to be less and less out of the sales on a day to day 
basis. Yeah, we'll do sales and you have to purchase and you have to sell the property. And, but you have a team or you have a structure, you have ways to doing that. Uh, but I think that developing like an idea into like a, a real tangible asset in the building and something that is there, I love that. So I, I don't think that I will ever leave that. But my other, other passion besides like having the chance to, to, to do what I love and then spend time with my family and everything, it is pretty much just like music. And I think that the music and the arts, I'm super excited that both of my daughters are in that world because I will probably have the opportunity to, to travel the world and do another one of my great passions uh, with both of them through their endeavors, either through the acting or through the music or through the dancing that I can just like, just be with them all the time and be either like a roadie or like the guy who carries their suitcase <laughs> or the manager or the guy who plays in the background, the guitar or something like that. But I truly love that piece. I really love that. And you know, it's really funny. Um, I've had a lot of um, interviews already and a lot of my guests have, um, a lot of interest in music and um, I had a uh, an interview recently with somebody who is a real estate developer but has a music studio because that was his passion and uh, built it to the largest one in Europe and um, a couple of other agents who were very very successful and started a a um, a music um, um, a music line, and they are representing artists. And so it was interesting. It was real estate became the vehicle for them to follow those dreams. And you know, your children are now very successful already in that world. And it's the fact that real estate allowed that opportunity. And so I think it's a, it's a wonderful progression to follow those dreams. And I look forward to seeing the, your family's success and your success in other endeavors as well. Well, thank you so much. I think that, that I, 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 you and I get to travel a lot and it's a, a, lot of, a lot of the times it's because of work. And so I think that traveling because of working with my daughters, my wife and I, and, and, and all of that, it's going to be great, but I'm looking forward to do that on, on that part. Maybe connect with the friends that have the music studios because Absolutely. I think it's pretty much this one right now. And I have a chance to travel more into a re relaxed time. And then we need to know how to go hard and then how to stop and then really uh, stop and smell the roses, like they say, and then really go at it again. But, but yes, uh, thank you for that, Michael. Uh, I mean, uh, you're being always giving to everybody and you have given me so much as far as like uh, knowledge and training and uh, connections and opportunities and this is one of them so I'm very very grateful for that and thank you right, and David I'm grateful for your here for you I'm, thank you I'm grateful for your friendship your your leadership your inspiration not only within our community but in our industry and I really thank you for the conversation today and for your time my brother well, thank you so much, my friend. Anytime. Thank you. And thank you for all of you. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Thank you for listening.